This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome to the latest edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. On today's podcast, what's the plan? at wideout and are people being unfair to a couple of NFL quarterbacks plus the Cavaliers getting another superstar back that and more coming up on the latest edition of the bullpen with Adam the Bull brought to you by Bet Rivers you're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network folks uh you know weather's actually getting a little better right uh before you know it, the spring will be here. But we get, we still have to suffer through February. Even though February is the shortest month, it always seems to take forever. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, but it feels long. Although the weather here in Cleveland is supposed to be actually decent for the next week. But once we get through February and into March, right around the time that spring starts, just before the start of spring, what happens? We've got football free agency. Yes, first we have a, a Super Bowl that's coming up. We'll talk a little bit about that certainly next week. But uh, eventually we get to the point where, hey, we're talking about franchise tags, although I don't think the Browns are going to be franchising tag- franchise tagging anyone, and free agents. Last year, the Browns' main focus was on the defensive line. The defensive line was a disaster outside of Miles Garrett in the 2022 season. And the Browns put a lot of capital into the defensive line last year. Uh, now, what is the area that they need to invest in the most going into the 2024 season? I would say that's wide receiver. I think most of you would agree. Now, unlike defensive line, where they brought in, I think, five or six new guys, we're not going to see that at wide receiver. On the defensive line, you have eight, nine players. And the Browns had really very few guys that were any good outside of Miles Garrett. At wide receiver, you have a, you know, you have a Mark Cooper, of course. And you only keep five, maybe six, well, six wide receivers, right? Five or six. So it's less bodies. Uh, I don't think the Browns are going to move on from Cedric Tillman after one year. I'm not even sure they're going to move on from David Bell after two or Elijah Moore after one. So... At the very least, you have one spot open, right? They, you know, Marquise Goodwin is not going to come back. Um, you know, you moved on from Donovan Peoples-Jones, and, uh, uh, you know, that, so that's it. So the Browns need to fill at least one spot. But here's the thing. They need to – it's not just a spot to fill with a Marquise Goodwin or a Donovan Peoples-Jones type of player. The Browns have to make a big move at wide receiver. If you want to – give the shot the AFC we thought going into the year was a gauntlet of terror and at times during the season it didn't seem as bad as it was but then in the end we saw 
how nearly impossible it is to beat Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has only lost to an active NFL quarterback once in the playoffs. He lost to Joe Burrow two years ago in the AFC Championship game. That's it. Obviously, he lost to Brady, but Brady's now gone. So, and and I'm going to get to this angle because I got some thoughts on Josh Allen and, and Lamar Jackson as well. But if you're going to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs, if you're going to have a chance to beat them as they, you know, go to the Super Bowl yet again, um, you are going to have to stack your team as much as possible. It's not okay to just be good. You've got to be better than that. And the Browns, the big obviously the big question mark is what's Deshaun Watson going to look like in 2024? Well, whatever he looks like, we know it's not going to be Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is on a level by himself. Even if it, even if he can get to that next group where he was four years ago with the Burroughs and the Allens and the Lamars of the world, and he hasn't played anywhere close like that in Cleveland, but he has the, the, the tools to, to get to that level, I think, because he showed it in Houston. If he can get back there, well, the Browns will have a chance with a good defense to compete, really compete with the likes of the Chiefs when the games matter in the postseason. But to give them their best possible chance, you have to have as many weapons as possible. Now, hopefully Nick Chubb will be back next year. We've talked about that a little bit. We'll we'll dive more into that in the offseason. And you'll have that weapon back. We know what Amari Cooper is, although he's getting old. We know... We think we know what David Njoku is. He had a breakout season this year. Now, he played his best with Joe Flacco, and that's something a little concerning going into next season. But I, I'm 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 a believer in David Njoku because I always thought that was there. If it comes out of nowhere for a guy you didn't think had that, then you, you, you expect – like when Gary Barnage had 1,000 yards of all things. Love Gary Barnage. I, I recently tweeted out my 15 favorite Browns players since I moved to Cleveland. And that was not just guys that played well, but it was guys that I may have interacted with or interviewed, and I just found them likable. And Gary Barnage is one of my favorite 15 Browns of the, what, 13 years I've been covering the Browns? I think it's been 13 seasons. Love Gary Barnage. But his season where he had 1,000 yards came out of nowhere. So I didn't expect him to be able to follow up on it, and he didn't. David Njoku, I shouldn't say it came out of nowhere. It did come out of nowhere. But I also never thought he was capable of that. I've always thought David Njoku was capable of what he did last year. He had just never done it. He'd been, you know, certainly better than Gary Barnage was before his breakout season. But he had been just, a, you know, a solid tight end, but not special. And this past year, he played at a special level. Uh, and he was one of the better wide receiver, uh, tight ends in, in the league, and he made the Pro Bowl for it, which he deserved, on, you know, like some guys that get in. If the seven guys drop out, but, uh, so I believe in him, but to really compete with the best of the best, you need to have a third guy in that passing game. That is legit. And the Browns don't have it. Uh, If, if, if you grab a a legit number one, or even a, a high number two wide receiver, now you're talking because if Elijah Moore is my third receiver slash fourth pass catcher, 
That's good. I don't want him as my second receiver, third pass catcher. It's not good enough. As my third wide receiver and fourth pass catcher, I say that including Njoku, Elijah Moore fits that role perfectly. Cedric Tillman, who's still got a long way to go, has some potential. If he's my fourth wide receiver or my third wide receiver, my fourth pass catcher, no, not good enough. Not at this point. But if he's my fourth wide receiver and my fifth pass catcher, I'm good with that. So the Browns need to add a guy that is a legitimate top 30, top 35 wide receiver. And there will be options. So when you look at some of the names that make the most sense for the Browns, number one to me is T. Higgins. We'll get back to T. Higgins. Number two is Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman, probably franchise tagged. I'd be very surprised if he didn't get franchise tagged, but you never know. Now, Marquise Brown of the Cardinals, big time speed. I don't expect him to get franchise tagged. Calvin Ridley of the Jaguars had a disappointing season, a little older than you think he is because he missed some time. But now that he's got a full season under his belt after missing two years, I think he could have a good year next year. I'm okay with him. Um, Beyond those four, things start to get a little dicey. Mike Evans, great player. Ultimately, I'd take him. He doesn't really fit what the Browns are looking for, and I doubt he'll leave Tampa. And after playing in warm weather his whole career, I can't see him coming to Cleveland, but you never know. I certainly wouldn't be against him. He's a great player. Uh, And then you look at a Mike Williams, who's a really big-time talent, but he's barely played for two years, and he's in his 30s now. So I would pass on him. So I I would assume that Michael Pittman gets franchise tag. I would assume that T. Higgins gets franchise tag. But obviously he doesn't want to be. The Bengals GM... Uh, made a comment at the Senior Bowl, I think it was at the Senior Bowl, where he said, hey, listen, there's only a certain amount of money to go around. Now, that's a ridiculous answer. The Bengals have more than enough money to pay T. Higgins and pay Jamar Chase to go with Joe Burrow. Now, they've they've spent out of their comfort zone, which is ridiculous, but it is what it is, unfortunately. So Joe Burrow has been signed. They're going to sign Jamar Chase, I would assume. And I think what they'll do is allow T. Higgins... They're not going to sign him to an extension. Now, I assume they would franchise him and either trade him or make him play under the franchise tag, which ultimately he probably will, even though he won't be happy about it, for one year, and then he walks. After the comments by the Bengals GM, um, maybe that's not going to happen. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Certainly, if Michael Pittman and or T. Higgins became available, they would be fantastic choices, huge upgrades for the Browns. But I also believe Marquise Goodwin and Calvin Ridley, while I don't like those guys as much as Pittman and Higgins, would also be excellent additions. They're both top 30 receivers, and they would both be big upgrades at a number two wide receiver over uh, Elijah Moore, certainly. So I think one of those four guys has to be on the Browns this season. And again, it may be one of two because two of those guys might get franchised. I know uh, Deshaun Watson recently was on his podcast with his quarterback coach, Quincy Avery. We haven't talked about this on the podcast. Obviously, he mentioned me on his podcast saying I said something about him. We talked about it on Twitter mostly and a little on UCSS, but I'm not going to 
hash, rehash that again. I thought it was funny that he talked about me on his podcast, mentioned me by name. But uh, also in that podcast, he was basically recruiting T. Higgins. Uh, obviously, they have the Clemson connection. T. Higgins would be a great fit, fit here. Now, he's not the speed receiver that a Calvin Ridley or Marquise Brown are. He ran, I think, a, a four five nine at the Combine. And that's why he ultimately fell to the second round. But this guy is a top-notch wide receiver. He's top 20, maybe top 15, in my opinion. Now, he he was a little banged up this year, so he didn't have statistically as good a year. And he had some drops. It was was his worst year, no doubt. But uh, he's a really, really good player and would be a great addition for the Browns if it gets to that. But ultimately, they've got to get one of those four guys because now you're talking. Even if it's Ridley, who's my least favorite of the four, a, a, a crew, a top three pass catchers of of Cooper, Ridley, and Najoku is is legit. I mean, that's really good. All three guys, you know, you have two guys capable of a thousand yards. Najoku, I mean, he's I think he's capable of a thousand yards. He ended up with eight something. Um, I think there's even more room to, for him to have a you know because he, he got off to a slow start at the block a lot early. If their offensive line can stay healthy next year and he can pair that chemistry he had with Flacco with Watson, there's a chance he could have even a bigger season. I, I He's always had the ability, and he really put it together. So I, th- I think we could see it. Now, obviously, we'll talk a lot more about free agency as we get closer to it, but this is an early look, and I think it's going to be really imperative for the Browns. to That's their biggest thing they got to do this offseason. Well, I think the biggest thing they have to do is sign Kevin Stefanski to extension, but it doesn't sound like that's coming anytime soon. And after that, it's get a wide receiver. And not just a guy. But a guy, a dog, a legit starting top 30 wide receiver. And all these guys I'm mentioning, you know, certainly Higgins is top 20. Pittman's top 20. You know, I would say Marquise Brown and and um, Calvin Ridley are somewhere between 20 and 30. But if those are the only two options, again, Elijah Moore, is not in the top, I don't even know if he's in the top 50. That's a big difference. One other thing I wanted to talk about, in terms of quarterbacks, uh, I've seen a lot uh, on, and this is been brought up when it comes to the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. It's been brought up with the Bills and Josh Allen. It's been brought up with uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. I think those are the three guys we've heard about the most. Now, Dak's older, so he's not really in this group. But, you know, a lot of people have just determined that those guys can't win a big game that they can't win when it matters. Now, Josh Allen has won plenty of playoff games, but he's never won an AFC championship game. Lamar Jackson made it to his first AFC championship game and did not play well. Lamar Jackson, for the most part, has played poorly in the playoffs. He played well against Houston in the first round, but in all his other playoff games, he has not played well. Josh Allen has mostly played well, and at times he played well enough to move on The team around him didn't. But ultimately, he hasn't been able to get past Patrick Mahomes. In the NFC, Dak Prescott has been a disaster in the playoffs. All three of these guys are excellent quarterbacks. They're three of the six best quarterbacks, seven best quarterbacks in the league, right? And I think think with Dak, it's it's more fair to be very critical because he's old enough where you think he would have broken through already. In Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, I'm sorry, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen's case, if you want to say they haven't won enough big games, I don't disagree. If you want to say Lamar specifically hasn't played well 
in in playoff games, that's completely fair. The criticism is fair. What I don't think is fair is to say, oh, Josh Allen's never going to win a big game or Lamar Jackson's never going to win a big game because, first of all, in, in Allen's case, he's mostly lost to Patrick Mahomes. And as I said before, only Tom Brady and Joe Burrow have beaten Patrick Mahomes. Beating Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, you're facing the best quarterback, the best tight end, the best coach. I mean, it's it's no easy task. Now, eventually, if you want to be mentioned with the greats of all time, you've got to break through. But you don't have to break through in your first four years, five years. There's still more time. Think about it this way. A lot of people certainly believe Peyton Manning is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I know I do. Peyton Manning lost. Uh, he lost his four of his first six playoff games. And in his first three playoff games, he averaged under 200 yards. He threw one touchdown and two picks. And when he finally won a playoff game in 2004, played great in the first round against uh, Denver, played great in the second round against Kansas City. That was classic Peyton Manning those first two games. And then remember, in his first AFC Championship game, he played Tom Brady, and he got crushed. He was awful, absolutely awful in that game. One touchdown, four picks, completed under 50% of his passes. And it went on like that for a while. You got to go into Peyton. It, it, it was 10. Uh, it, it took him till his 13th playoff. I'm sorry, his 12th playoff game to go to the Super Bowl. And and that was in 2006. He had already been in the league. I think it was his eighth. Uh, I think it was his eighth year when he finally went to the Super Bowl. Before that year, Peyton Manning was, let's see, he was three and six in the playoffs. So he lost six of his first nine playoff games before he went to the Super Bowl in, 2000, in the 2007 Super Bowl, 2006 season. And even in that season, like he, it, you remember in the first round, if you remember, he didn't play particularly well. In fact, in that season where they beat the Bears to win the Super Bowl, and, and unbelievably, I don't know how Rex Grossman got the Super Bowl, Peyton Manning that year threw two uh, three touchdowns and seven picks in the playoffs. Seven. And nobody thinks of Peyton Manning. Like, I think we're a little surprised he didn't win more. And later in his career, he, he played much better in the playoffs overall until the end. But nobody thinks of, oh, Peyton Manning can't win a big game. And maybe some people do. I don't. Sometimes it takes longer, especially John Elway didn't win Super Bowls until the, the end of his career. So the full story hasn't been written on Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen yet, and even Dak Prescott. Now, again, he's older, so he's got less time. He's towards the end of his prime, whereas, you know, Lamar and, and Josh Allen are just, you know, middle or even early in their prime. So that's the difference. But still, I... I think we got to be careful saying, oh, they'll never win a big game. Well, maybe they won't, and then that'll be fair. And if you think they won't, but there have been a lot of guys like Peyton Manning that we just described who it took them a while to have success when it mattered the most. Now, I wanted to jump in 
Before we do, I want to switch gears, talk some hoops. But um, let me tell you about this. We got a, a, a really cool thing going on right now here at Bet Rivers. Uh, we're offering a second chance bet on your first same game parlay on the big game. You know what I'm talking about. Place a qualifying same game parlay on the big game. If your bet loses, you get a bonus bet equal to your wager. Pretty sweet. With your same game parlay bet, you also earn a square that can be worth as much as $10,000. This is an awesome deal. See the Bet Rivers app for full details and bet on the big game at Bet Rivers. Speaking of which, I'm 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 on the uh, I'm not on the app, but I'm on the the website for Bet Rivers, and the latest uh, point spread uh, for the big game is the Niners favored by two. I'm heavily leaning towards the Chiefs right now. We'll see. I'll make the pick during the live show next week. And for those who may not know what I'm talking about, we do a live edition of the bullpen every Thursday at 6 p.m. So make sure you tune in every Thursday, 6 p.m. Make sure you're clicking on the subscribe button and the thumbs thumbs up and uh, the alert bell, and you'll get an alert when I go live every Thursday at 6 p.m. I will take I will be off one week uh, at the end of February, though, because I'm on vacation. But besides that, every Thursday at 6 Our last thing I want to hit on is the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavs, uh, and we'll find out soon about whether Josh Allen makes, Josh Allen, (laughs) um, whether Jared Allen makes the uh, All-Star game as a reserve. Cavs come into action today uh, in the fourth spot in the Eastern Conference. They're only a game and a half behind Milwaukee, one in the loss column. Uh, for the two seed in the East, they're a game back of the Knicks, but one up in the loss column. Knicks have just played more games. Uh, for the three seed, Philly and the six, uh, Philly and the Cavs are both seven games back, but the Cavs have a better winning percentage right now. But obviously, it's really close. From the two seed to the five seed, you're talking two and a half games. And we all know what happened in the playoffs last year, and I've been a Debbie Downer about the Cavs this year, but I'm finally jumping on board, and here's a couple of reasons why. They're playing a different style of basketball, and that's why I'm going to be fascinated to see what happens when Darius Garland comes back. He's coming back now. They Their first game with Evan Mobley, they still had that same magic. Now, they're playing the Pistons tonight, so, you know, who knows with that. But as we go forward and they play against good teams, I think Darius Garland is going to have to adjust his game that when he's on the floor with Donovan Mitchell, he has to be essentially the shooting guard. Donovan Mitchell as the point guard orchestrating the offense has been a huge success for the Cavs. They have to stick with it. Hopefully they will. And then when when Donovan hits the bench for a rest, then Darius plays point. But Darius has got to take a back seat in that way. I don't think there's anything about it. Another thing that has stood out about the Cavs, remember last year, they were sensational at home and awful on the road. Awful. Well, this year, they're still really good on the road. They've won, excuse me, at home, they've won two-thirds of their home games. But last year, where they were under 500 basically the whole season on the road, this year they're not. They have a 600 winning percentage in road games. In fact, 
the only team that has a better road record in the Eastern Conference is Boston. That's it. The Cavs are the second best road. I mean, you're talking about a team that was hideous last year on the road, and this year they're the second best road team. No other team in the East besides the Cavs and the Celtics are more than two games over 500 on the road. And the Cavs are four games over 500 on the road. The Knicks are two over, but the Knicks have played uh, six more road games than the Cavs. Yeah, so we'll see. And the Bucks are one over, Sixers one. But that's it. Everybody else is 500 or below on the road. So that ha- has stood out. The way they're playing, the style they're playing. And if they could keep doing this with more from, you know, with obviously Evan Mobley rounding back in the form, with Darius Garland getting in the mix, it's going to be fascinating to see how he fits in and does he adjust his game? Do they make him adjust his game? They should. He should want to for the betterment of the team. And I'll be fascinated to see how it all plays itself out. So uh, I'm back in on the excitement. No more Debbie Downer for me on the Cavs. Let's hope they can get it done in the playoffs when it matters. They could very well end up playing the Knicks again this year. We know the Knicks kicked their ass last year. Could be Philly. Right now, the Knicks, as I said, Knicks are the three and the Cavs are the four. So at the moment, they wouldn't play each other. But by the time it's all said and done, they could very well be the four and five again this year. All right, that's it for me today. Thanks, as always, for watching. Thanks, as always, for listening. Again, please hit the subscribe button, thumbs up, the alert. You get the alerts. We're going live, as always, in the bullpen every Thursday at 6 p.m. Thanks to Brian Monzo for producing. We'll talk to you next time. Where else but right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.